I've been looking forward to this day for a while. Um, and I think most of it comes down to like, I'm from, from Logan, from Cache yep. Valley, um, grew up going to games in the spectrum and it, you know, all, all these great teams and great programs and I, Utah state basketball, Utah state in general, but Utah state basketball just means so much to that little town, you know, to Cache Valley. And so to have coach Danny Sprinkle in the house, you know, and come hear your story. I was just, you know, re- really looking forward to it. So, so excited to have you. So welcome. No, I appreciate you having me. It's a, it's an honor. And like I said, it's, it's an honor to be the coach at Utah state, you know, with the history and the tradition. And, you know, there, there's so many people like you that just grew up in Cache Valley where, I mean, Utah state, you know, basketball is their life. It's, it, it's the show in town. Yeah. You know what I mean? And has been for so long. My dad um, played on like, Back in the day, they had like a JV or like a yeah yeah like a, a junior yeah. squad, and he played there. Um, after he went to Logan High and played there, and he's just my dad is so proud That's to be awesome. a part of Utah State, yep. you know. And so I I actually never went there. I mm-hmm. am a true Aggie, you know. I, yep. I checked that off the box when I was like twelve, and then yeah. again when I was fourteen and fifteen <laughs> and seventeen, and but like. There's just something magical about Utah State. It's just that that whole town, that whole experience. And you've like your team has set the world on fire. Like they're they're the expectations. I, I don't want to like yeah. reverse your boat, but they weren't <laughs> very high, you know. Like you you had a, mm-hmm. a tough act to follow. And also like in the current, you know, 2024 environment with transfers and everything, it was just you you kind of started from, from scratch, from, the, yeah, from zero from the ground. So, literally. so, so we'll, we'll, we'll go all over the place, yeah. but talk to me from that. You get the job. Yep. There's yeah. no, there's not a stat returning. No, no points, no rebounds, no assists. Uh, you know, really, you know, two kids that redshirted last like, year. Has that ever happened ever in the history of basketball? No, like well, I, two times. Uh, and this year is the first two times. The coach at New Mexico state who took over, uh, and myself and now, but like I said, the landscape now, yeah, it's going to happen more and more. Yeah. Cause a lot of times when a coach leaves, like the, the players are loyal the players, to the yeah. coach. Yeah. That's who recruited yep. them. Yep. And, uh, and so it, it's going to happen more and more, but it's been, it's been fun, you know, and, and you mentioned Utah state, it's just, it's unique. Yeah. And like, there's a reason they call it spectrum magic. Like there, there is something magical. I mean, about no one Cash wants Valley. to play up at Utah. No, State. no, like, it's so hard to get games up there. You know, other than conference, conference I games would have to play. Come. If if I'm yeah. a, like a posy coach, yeah. like where's the upside in that? You're gonna go no. like hit a buzzsaw. Yeah, you know, with everybody just on fire and like the herd, the student the, session, yeah, everything just, about it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so how do you go from there's not a stat in the lineup. So right now, you guys, you know, when we're when we're filming right now, seventeen and two, ranked top twenty in the country. Yep. Like, how do you go from that to where you're at right now? Yeah, you know, we're we're very fortunate, you know. And, and when we got the job, it was scary, you know. And especially even after the first week, I was like, oh my gosh, what I get myself into? Uh, because a lot of the some of the best players had already committed or signed other places. We yeah. didn't get the job till mid April, and so, so it was late. Yeah, it, it was late. And, uh, you know, after the final four. And so we just kind of started just recruiting one by one. And, you know, we had a couple kids. We had recruits on campus for about 45 straight days, if not longer than that. Wow. You know, sometimes one, sometimes two. We'd have one coach driving the two recruits back to the airport, and we'd have two more coming in. And so it was it was grueling. I mean, it was a 5.30 a.m. till midnight every day. How do you even start? Do you just say, hey, like – it's a shotgun approach or yeah. like, this is our top one. Like how, how do you, oh, it was like, it like, was like speed dating <laughs> because you're just, you're hitting the portal. And first off, you have to have somebody that's interested in coming to Utah state. Yeah. You know, it might be a kid from Georgia or Florida all over the world. And so we we're just hitting the portal. We we're calling every coach we knew any kids that we'd previously recruited, uh, like Josh Aduje, yep. uh, who's having a great year for us. We He's were, tearing it up, right? Yeah, we recruited yeah. him to Montana State because we had an English connection. Uh, we had a lot of players from England at Montana State that had great experiences. And we tried to get Josh out of high school. He went to Coastal Carolina instead. And so that was our connection when he hit the portal. 
um, you know, getting great Osabar and Darius so Brown. So you already had that connection w- with, like, with Josh. Yeah, because there was yeah. always there was already that relationship yeah. with with Josh. Yeah, with that, Josh. But that's about the only one. I, well, I shouldn't say that. We had two other kids that were committed uh, to Montana State: Jackson Grant from University of Washington and Max Agbampalo, who you know started on their Elite Eight team at USC, spent a year at Wyoming last year and transferred. And so we had already had those kids coming to Montana State, so they they joined us. Wow. And then getting great Osborne and Darius, you know, who have been absolutely tremendous players for us this year and and kind of the the leaders and, and uh, you know, but we got lucky. They got offered a lot of money from other schools and they, they came to Utah State yeah, what do basically you attribute, out of what, relationship. Yeah, what, what, what do you attribute that to? You know, just kind of loyalty and the way we the way we coached them. Yeah, you know, I think they knew we cared about them, and you know, I think they felt comfortable with us. Yeah, and I mean, they took took a risk. When, yeah, yeah, took a chance. Took took a chance, and because they were coming into the unknown, like they're they'd never been to Utah State. You know, they I don't even well they'd been to Weber when we played Weber. Yeah, other than that, those two they'd never been and to been Utah. Utah. Yeah, and they were coming into a team where it's like, well do I have any players around me? We're like, oh, well, not yet, but hey, we're going to recruit them. You know, they just, so, believe, they just believed in you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 100%. And, which you know, fires me out. Yeah. Which like, is, like, it's awesome. I, I don't know if there's like a more sincere compliment. Yep. Than like, hey, where you go, I go. Yeah. Like that, that that's like pretty special. And and that's why you coach. Yeah. Especially when you're going to take over a $100,000 pay cut from what other schools were offering. Yeah. Like that's that. And it means a lot to me. Like, they know they mean a lot to me, but you know, there'll be a day in the future too, where, you know, I'm going to be able to tell them that like, you took a chance on me, not just once, twice. You took a chance at Montana state and then to follow me to Utah state and have that faith, you know, when there was nothing to have faith in other than just our relationship. And that means a lot. No, that's special. We, we, I've had a number of these conversations around sport. I, you know, Diljeet Taylor, um, who's, just a phenomenal leader and coach at, at BYU. She, yeah. she coaches the track team, you know, top yep. one of the top teams in the country. But we're just having this conversation around athletics. Talk to me about just the magic of sport and the magic of athletics and like what it means to you, what it has meant, yep. both as an athlete coming up and playing and then also the ability to like have this as your career. Yeah, like we're so fortunate and blessed to be able to coach and actually like have this be our, we're getting paid to coach young guys and show up on campus and travel in planes and go to these great environments and and be able to compete. Like we're the most fortunate, not only the players, the coaches too. Like we're very fortunate, but I grew up in an athletic family. My dad was a football coach. Okay. He, He played football at University of Washington. And so that's just, I grew up on the field. So that that was just life. Yeah. Like you, like, you, you grew up what, being at your dad's yeah, There was no games. babysitter. I was just on the football field or I was in the basketball court. Like, and the coaches were, those were my babysitters. They all looked out for me. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't know anything different. Um, you know, until you get older and you realize how fortunate you were to kind of grow up like yeah. that and to have those experiences. But there's nothing like sports. There's nothing like even, you know, we lost at the pit at New Mexico last Tuesday. We had an opportunity to go play in front of 15,000 yeah. people that it was so loud you couldn't hear anything. And played them tough. Yeah. In yeah. every home game, we're able to play in front of the crowd at the spectrum. Yeah. You know, like, how lucky are we? You know how many, first off, only about 1% of kids actually get to play college athletics. For sure. And about 0.002% get a play in front of a crowd. Like I mean, in front if, of the if you would have asked me growing up, you know, what I was going to do, I'm, I'm yeah. going pro. Oh yeah. We all were, you know, yeah. like in my mind, yep. you know, you just have no perspective, Yep. but that's the dream. You know, you just, yep. you, you look at these and then you get to play the game and you get older. And I remember, uh, I got cut at UVU on the baseball team. And it, it crushed me. Yeah. Like I, I remember driving up the canyon, just crying. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, 21 years old, just crying like a baby. Cause that's how invested because you were in it, your dream. Well, it, yeah, yeah. It just means so much to you. Yep. And so like just the opportunity to play, mm-hmm. you know, every kid who's playing that, it was the best kid in his hometown or in his state, no doubt. you know, every yeah. kid. And then it boils up and you know, it, it's just so special and, and the highs and the lows. I think yeah. with, without the lows, 
Yeah, there are no highs. Like yeah. you, you don't even know what a high is until you until you go you through really the fire. And you felt take, it. Yeah. yeah, you got to go through that adversity. And but that's what that's what you, sport teaches so many life lessons. You know how to bounce back from failure. Even baseball players, major league baseball players, if they hit three hundred, they're like an unbelievable hitter. Well, of course, I mean three out of every ten times, and that's hard. that's success. Yeah, you know, and so being able to bounce back if you get laid off from your job, if something happens to one of your kids, like. All those things, like that's what sport teaches you is how to how to come back from that. Talk to me about your yourself. Talk to me about like what's the what's the high, like when, when you were like a player. Well, what what what's the highlight of like when you go back and say this is as good as it gets? Yeah, my and my freshman year at Montana State, we beat Weber State in the championship, um, and it was probably the best game I ever played. I ended up having thirty points and got MVP, but it led our school to the NCAA tournament and you know the school had the school had only been there one time previous to that yeah and so I mean it, there's 9,000 people in the field house like it's it's bonkers you know and I'm a freshman I didn't even really know I mean I knew what happened but it was like oh we're just going to do this next year too but then you once you, you, you didn't know that like yeah because this is 18 years old yeah you know it's just effective yeah and i'm just kind of like oh i expected to play good you know you just kind of that arrogant cocky little freshman yeah like that game but it was you know but then the more those seasons go on all of a sudden you're a senior and you see like man how special was that we actually yeah like not many kids get to play in the ncaa tournament like you have to be on a special team to do that you know and then i've been fortunate you know i think you know i went twice at northridge as a coach uh, once at Fullerton, and then the last two years at Montana State, to the tournament. Uh, we went back to the NCAA tournament, which, so, is, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's no, it's like it's so cool. So why, why have you had the success that you've had? Different. So this is, I, the job that I worked with. You would recruit people, yep. and you had to build cultures and build teams. So there was a, a point when I was twenty two, twenty three, where I just went on like this coaching binge yep. studied everything I could study on coaching. And I remember like learning, you know, about the good, you know, the Nick Sabans and the urban yep. Myers and the, you know, Jim Harbaugh's and the Pete Carroll's and, you know, yep. the, the, all these great coaches, the, the Bobby Knights, the Rick Patino's, and you start seeing these philosophies. And, um, we had urban Meyer come out and speak to us. And this was, he had gone to, he, you know, Bowling yeah. Green and uh, there was a story where he was sharing it with us. And he's like, I I go to, you know, uh, Lou Holtz yeah. and I'm an assistant. And I say, Hey, I got this offer from Bowling Green, but they're not a very good school. He's like, well, you're not a very good coach. You need to, <laughs> yeah. you need to snatch that up. Like, yeah. this is your, and he, he goes and all of a sudden that school wins eight to 10 games or yep. something. And then he goes to Utah and they tear it up and goes to Florida. They win a championship. Yep. And, and you see this like success yep. that just follows. And you've seen that in your career. You saw, you know, you saw that in California. You saw that in yep. Montana. And you're like, what, what is that philosophy? Like when, when you say, hey, this is my philosophy of coaching. How would you boil that down? Yeah, I mean, first thing I, I do, I do the exact same thing you do. I mean, whether it's reading Urban Meyer's books or you're at conferences and picking people's brains, I love watching motivational stuff on YouTube of how Nick Saban, you know, how they all interact with their players. Yeah, just trying to find a way to get an edge. Um, but the one thing I've always, you know, not only my dad teach me this, but like even some of my other mentors, like you have to be yourself. You, it's got to be. You can't be Urban Meyer. Not he's built different yeah. than ninety nine point nine nine percent of people, you know. But then there's other coaches that are the complete opposite that are just as successful. Yeah. And so you have to be yourself. Um, you know, first thing. But then second thing, like, like I come from a football background, like, and so, like, I love physicality. I love toughness. I love discipline. Yeah. And is that how you played? I don't. Like, you know what's great? Not really. Like I coached almost totally different than how I played. I was more just running up and down and shooting and free flowing. And yeah. I, I was better at that. Yeah. And I was lucky. I played for a coach who coached that way. Who allowed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then when, once I started coaching, it just, my mentality was different. It was different. And so 
Like that's just been the cornerstone of our program since I've been a head coach. Physicality, defense. And and discipline. Like control what we can control. Yeah. Like there's certain things that you can control. You've seen more teams beat themselves than teams win games. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, we're going to be disciplined. Let, hey, we'll try to go win the game, but if they beat themselves, great. Which a lot of teams, they'll end up doing that. Yeah. And so, but I don't ever want to beat our, I don't want to come in the locker room and say, man, we just, we beat ourselves. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it is that kind of old school mentality, which some kids aren't built for it. So give me some examples. What What is that old school, you know, how does that equate to? Yeah, like like we we challenge our guys in practice. Like we don't have soft practices. Like You guys go hard. Oh, in the summer? Like we coach defense in the summer. A lot of teams are just coaching offense. And that's fine. Like it works for them too. But I want our guys to know that when it's the the grimy part of the game and there's two minutes left, I want our guys to have confidence that we can get three stops in a row to win a game. You know, offense will take care of itself, but you're a better offensive team if you're not taking the ball out of the net and getting stopped. Yeah. And so, you know, we we try to, you know, really get that into so our foundation, guys' heads and foundation hearts. Foundation is de- defense. Yes. Start, yep. start with defense and build off of that foundation. Yep. And then a lot of player ownership. You know, like we'll challenge guys to – well, I'll make you take ownership. Some guys don't want it. You know, some guys just want to be in college and get the gear and play. Hey, coach, I played good this game. and didn't know. Like, you need to produce. And but, but, but how do you do it? Like, how, how do you do it in a way that's effective? Like, when you're talking about these players that said, I can go make more money somewhere else and I'm going to go work or I'm going to go play with Coach Sprinkle. Like, yeah, obviously, like, there's a difference between being a hard, you know, being yeah. a hard ass and, like, just driving. Yeah. And like somebody, they're like, I know he loves me. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, he's hard, but I know, I know he cares. Like, how do you no weave question. that, you know, thread that needle? The the second we walk off the floor, it's over. And some coaches can't, like, it's hard to turn off. I can turn that part off. Like, I could ride you all practice and 20 minutes later be joking around with you. Because they they know, they and already it's authentic. know. It's yeah, real. It, yeah. yeah. And, and I think our players, like, they they know we love them. Yeah. Even some of our guys at Utah State right now, they may not know because we've only had about eight months with them. Yeah. But any player we ever had at Montana State, then I yeah, I still stay in touch. Even the ones that transferred. Yeah. I still talk to them all the time. Yeah. And and it's and it's genuine. Like they know I care about them. Yeah. And they know I'm following them. They know I'll still correct them if they're playing somewhere else. Like if I see them BSing on the court, I'll call them out. Yeah. You know because my expectations for them are way higher than their expectations. The, the, the other feedback that I've got from your coaching style is that you're really intense. Yeah. Like you, you, you care a lot and, yep. and not just, uh, I was talking to Nick Elison and he was talking about uh, the last game you guys were playing. And there was one particular yeah. scenario where there it was a three point play. Yep. And you could have cared less about the three point play. Somebody had screwed up yep. and you were not like, yeah. Not gonna let it go. <laughs> you like because that's the standard. Yeah. Like that's and we talked about it in practice that week. You know, yeah. there were certain players, I didn't want them getting shots in certain actions. And one of their kids got up two shots. And it was on our point guard who came from Montana State with us. But I have that relationship with where them. you can go hard. Yeah. And, where and, like he knew we messed up. Yeah. But it's my job to hold you accountable to that yeah. too. You know, and I know I have 13 other guys or 14, 15, 16 other guys on the bench. And they know what we talked about, and they're they're waiting for me to hold you accountable to. And, and if you don't, yeah, then yeah, oh, and then, then your culture anything goes, slips. yeah, it kills your culture, yeah. yeah. And that's the one thing that you know. One of the best compliments I got is like, coach, you coach everybody the same. Like it doesn't matter if it's a manager or a walk on; it doesn't matter. Like if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'm holding you accountable, and I'm not apologizing for that. Yeah. Because they respect that. Like they want, they want to know coach expects me to be at my best today. Yeah. You know, and even those days they don't want it, they still appreciate it. And then they love it. I think we all crave it. We do. Like Everybody all, does. all of us, like all of us, if you're lucky, yep. you had a coach who believed in you more than you believed in yourself and held you to a higher standard than you no maybe would have held yourself. You know, those are the people I remember coming out of high school and I was like, I want to be a coach when I grow up because my coaches had influenced me so much. You know what I mean? They, they like, that was such an impactful couple of years yep. of my life 
That's and gotta, it kind of breathes confidence into you because like it's the foundation. Man, am yeah. I doing so? Like he thinks I'm way better than I am. Of course. You know? Yep. But no, you have to. That that's that's your job as a coach. You know, uh, to, so to so cool. Guys. So let's go back to the beginning. So so you grew up in you grew up in pretty much in Montana in, Montana. in Billings until I was in second grade. Then Helena, Montana. Okay, and your dad coached football. Yeah, coach, yep, coach football. And how, how many years? He coached pretty much all the way until I think I was in seventh grade. Okay, seventh or eighth grade. Uh, he was the head coach at Helena High School. Um, he coached a lot of places, but that was the last place. Yeah. And then he got a job at the, at the Montana high school association where they, you know, they would run the state basketball tournament or football got it. championships and things like that. And he'd do a lot of stuff over to state. And so it was actually probably perfect timing, you yeah, know, he was kinda, ready. yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he was getting paid a teacher salary and, and he, he got more money too. And so, yeah. you know, there was a lot of factors that went into it, but it, uh, but still, those were the most impactful years up until I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I mean, I was just hanging on his coattails, yep. you know, and, uh, and it was probably better that right before I got into high school. He's not your coach. That, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, get, cause I know that, that dynamic can be hard too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I just, you know, grew up with that family and, and you know, my brothers mom. and sisters. Just, I got two sisters. Okay. Yep. I got two sisters and I mean, they're the biggest fans. You'll hear them in the spectrum. Uh, when they're able to come so down, everybody's cheering for you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they're my biggest supporters, and always have been. How and so, cool is that? Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. And so, and, and you you starred in high school, like you you stood out, right? I mean, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Montana, you have to 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 get a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. And and so mm-hmm. lit, lit lit it up in lit it up in high school, and then and then Montana State was the yep. It was the spot. Why, yeah. Why, why why stay local? Why stay home? More. You know, a lot of people didn't know about me. You know, back then there was no internet. You know, yeah. there was, I didn't get a play on the AAU circuit. Um, I got hurt in track. Which is everything now. Like, yeah. like to get seen, you've you got to, you yeah, got to be much. in that world. Yeah. Yep. And so I got hurt in track my junior year. And so I wasn't able to do anything all summer. Wasn't able to play football my senior year. Wow. And then finally, when they figured out what was wrong with my knee, they did surgery. And I missed the first month of basketball season okay and then just played but it's kind of one of those everything works out for a reason like even though it hurt not to play football it's probably like, better th- not thank to goodness because like yeah. who knows if i would have played golf like it it worked out perfect for me yeah and so i did that and uh really you know like the university of montana they didn't really recruit me didn't even come uh-uh. yeah. and uh you know really the only other school was gonzaga uh that it, that had recruited me it was big time school, like Gonzaga's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and they they weren't what they are now. Yeah, like they were they were just on the verge of that. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and why? Yeah, why Montana State over everywhere else? Was it just the coaching staff? Like yeah. they they recruited me the hardest. Yeah, uh, they kind of gave me the most love, and you felt like you you could go there and contribute. Yeah, because they had offered me my junior year. Okay, and so even when I got hurt, they still and wasn't able to it. play. Like they were like, Hey, we still got the scholarship. Don't worry. We still want you, you know, we still want you. And, you know, like years later, like the coach was like, if you would have played a, you, we probably wouldn't have got you, you know, like yep. if everybody else would have been able to see you, but it just, that's how it works out, man. And yep. it just, it worked out perfect. And, and started as a freshman. Yep. Um, like led, you know, you, you talk- I wouldn't say I led, like we had four really good seniors that championship game. I, I had, I was the highest scorer, yeah. but you know, I played with tremendous players like that. You know, one's the gen, the GM of the Dallas Mavericks right now, Nico Harrison. Wow. Um, you know, we had a kid Quadre Laws who played 15 plus years at the highest level in Europe was a tremendous player. Uh, you had other, some players. Other, oh yeah. I had other guys like just, I mean, great people, like great guys to learn under. Yeah. Um, especially as a freshman. Yep. Cause they would hold me accountable. Yeah. You know, like, if I had, I a mean, good it plays game, a yeah, freshman, they made sure yeah. they humbled me. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And so, but we ended up playing Syracuse that year in the NCAA tournament uh, in the pit at New Mexico. Yeah, and so it was awesome. It was one of those. Yeah, I think we were down two at halftime and ended up losing by thirty. <laughs> but yeah, it was. But you were playing them tough. Yeah, in the yeah. first half, you know, in, in in the NCAA tournament, everybody's yeah. rooting for the underdog, so the place is going bonkers. Everybody was loving yeah, it. And they, they, yeah, they they shut that down in the second half. <laughs> yeah. So so go, you know, finish up your career at Montana, play for four years. When did M- you, Montana State? Or Montana State. That's a Mont- big thing I, in the state I, of Montana. I apologize. I apologize. Yep. That's, that's a big mistake on my end. Uh, 
when did you decide, hey, I'm going to coach? Pretty much right after that. Um, I knew I always wanted to coach because my dad was my idol, still is. Yep. But like that's, I wanted to be like him. And I knew I wasn't, I'm not built to survive without athletics. Like I need to be a part of a team. Yeah. I need, I need, I need competition. Like that's what, that's what drives me every day. And like, there's no way I could go. I couldn't sit in an off. I'd be terrible. I'd be the worst worker. You'd hate it. Or at a bank or something. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so I knew that's, that's ultimately what my passion was. Yep. And I got lucky at Cal State Northridge, uh, coach Bobby Braswell. And so, so talk about that transition. Yeah. Like how, how do you get that? And, and what, what's like the rung of the ladder that you're starting on it? Are you the bottom of the oh, barrel? Yeah, the very bottom. Yeah. Like grad assistant. Is it below yeah. grad assistant? Like what is the... Yeah, it, well, it was, it was uh grad assistant or director of operations okay. back then. And he literally called me. I packed up my car and drove the next day to California. Just packed up my stuff. Didn't have a place to stay. They gave me a meal card with 16 meals a week. And they gave me a room at a place called NCR. It was the, Northridge, Northridge campus residency. And it was weed infested. Like, I mean, you name it, it was not the place you want to be living, but it was right across the street from the campus. Uh, you're, and, all, you're loving it. Oh, I mean, so, I mean, so I ended up staying one of my assistants now, Eric Brown. I actually had, I went and stayed at his house 90% of the time and just slept on his couch. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was one of those years. It was the most impactful year of my coaching. Uh, even more than my first year as a head coach. What, what, why I, is that? Just, I just, you were learning so much. Cause you know, as a player, you're just playing, you're just showing up to practice. You're showing up to meals, eating, you're traveling, like everything's great. You don't realize the work that's being put in behind the scenes. And I'm doing everything from making sure everybody's pregame meal order. I'm taking that. I'm ordering all the gear. When the gear comes in, I'm Counting the larges, XLs, doubles, making sure everybody has their socks. And like, like you're doing all the grunt work. Yeah. And. But how important was that for you to do that work? To actually, it was the most, I wouldn't be even close to the coach or where I'm at today without that. You just had to have it. Yep. And the details that coach Braswell had, I had, I had never had that. Yeah. You know, like he would hold up the practice plan in the light. And if, if the spaces were indented wrong, like he's letting you have it. Like that, that's how detail oriented he was. Yeah. It mattered. Oh. And so like now. So he, so he set the right tone. Oh, no question. He yeah. he set the whole culture. Everything I even do today, you know, for the most part is him and Diedrich Taylor, who I learned yeah. under. But from the practice plan organization and how we run our program, it, it was all from that. that. That's always been something that's been so fascinating to me. When you go and look at like these coaching trees. Oh, yeah. And you see these great coaches. Yep. And then they have like these trees of great yep. coaches. Like when, when somebody gets it right, it's yep. amazing how that just like affects like generations of coaches. I think about like the, you know, the Bill Belichick's yeah, or, or, the, or Saban, like people Saban's, like that. Yeah. The, but it's still something like you still have to be yourself. Yeah. Like you have to be yourself. You have to take all those lessons and the organization and how to, how to do things right. But how do you but make it? It's still hard to do it every day. Yeah. Like, even though you know something's right or, yeah, but it, it still takes a lot of work to do it right yeah. every single day. But do you think that standard of excellence was just like the difference maker for you? Yeah. Because no he question. just had like extremely high standards. No question. And it was, I mean, every day you knew what was coming. Yeah. Like I would check that practice plan 30 times. I'd hold it up. I'd have a ruler. Because I like, I was fearful that it, it that it wasn't right. You weren't gonna put yourself yeah, in a position and, to get embarrassed, and you don't want to fail him. Yeah, like he gave me my opportunity. Yep. Like I didn't want to let him down. You know, whether it was watching film, anything. You know, on the court, he'd be going through a scout, and if the screen was at the elbow, and I'll never forget, we're playing Nevada when I was at Northridge, and I'm going through the scout with the team, and I'm like, hey, and he goes and sets a screen over here, and he was like, the screen's right there, or is it over there? And I'm like, no, it's it's right there. I didn't, I didn't even know. Now I'm going back and watching film. The screen was right on the elbow. I was about two feet off the elbow. That's how detailed he was. Wow. But it makes a big difference in place. In space. And, yeah. And so I'm going back and I'm on the bus watching like the film. And I'm like, oh God, it was, it was exactly where he said it. And I should have known like 
because he was so intelligent and smart. Like before he asked that question, he knew. He, he knew the screen was on the elbow. That's why he was asking me. Yeah. And so he's always testing you. Yeah. And, but it just, it makes you better because it, it keeps you on edge and it makes you, when you're watching film, like you watch for those small details like that. Yeah. And you, you were there how long? I was, I was with him for a total of 11 years. Wow. So a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yep. big, big piece of your career. Yeah, huge piece. If, and then you, at Fullerton for six. Yeah, if, you, State, could, if you could sum up 11 years, how would you sum it up? Like, what 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 would your summary of that time be as far as, one, how it impacted your career, and then, two, like, how did, you know, yeah. your philosophy of coaching, you know, how would you sum up 11 years? Yeah, I mean, I would just say I did the most, like, I would just say learning and discipline, you know, and probably self-growth. Those would probably be the three words, you know, discipline, because that's how he was every day. And I saw how he acted every day. He, it, it never changed. Whether so he we showed won, up lost, the same every day. And it was like, you never saw weakness in him ever. Like not even vulnerability, really. Like you never saw weakness in coach Braswell. And it was, it was amazing because now I look back at some, of, we didn't have any resources there and the stuff that he had to go through to get there and to push that. But if he didn't have that discipline and push the program like that, never would have there's no there. way the first out, there's no way that program would have had success. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but like self growth, like I was young, like I was in the most influential part of my coaching career. Yeah. And he was part of that. I think about leaders that I've had from like 21 to yeah. 31. It changed my life, you know, no question. fundamentally like, changed my worldview, yep. changed the way I thought about people and leadership yep. and management and entrepreneurship. And those eight, like you're just so moldable Yeah, at that age. It's almost like kind of the kindergarten, preschool, like up to sixth yeah. grade for a, a little kid. Like it's, it's that's when you're, you're like formed. professional daddy. You yep. know what I mean? Like no they're, doubt. They're, they're showing you what it's like to go be a professional. No question. And and he held you to that standard. What a every gift. Day. Like oh, when no, you think so back, fortunate. you're just like, like, because and I, I could have gone this way instead of going where I where I've gone like who knows I could have been done coaching after a year or two yeah you know if you get put with the wrong guy the wrong program yeah yeah mm -hmm. so you went from there to Fullerton yeah and, and what was, was it just time was it well know? no we uh, our staff got let go at, at Northridge okay um, they brought in a new AD and a new president um, who quite honestly had no idea what they're doing like they didn't they didn't realize the impact. And what Coach Braswell had done, what he was, what he had done, and what he yeah. was doing, yeah, yeah. And so, and they just they wanted to make a splash of their own guys, which a lot of a lot of ads and presidents yeah, do, of course. And uh, but Northridge hasn't been the same since you know for the last twelve years or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was very fortunate. I knew uh, Diedrich Taylor, you know, some just through kind of the same circle. Yep. Uh, but I was out of a job you know, for about a month, month and a half. And that's kind of the life of a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like kind of say you haven't, you haven't coached until you've been fired. <laughs> yeah, you it's know? like 11 years, a long time. Long that's a time. long stay yeah. at one place, you know? Yep. And so was very fortunate, you know, to get hired by him. And he, he had, he had such different, not different views, like the discipline and detail, all that was the same with Diedrich, but like, I really felt like I, I went to another level coaching with him from a standpoint of like, he let me be creative. Like he, he was just freedom. like, yeah, like at North, we had a system and like, you this stay, is what you you're stay, doing. You and and you coach system. it, you know yeah. it. And, and it was awesome. Like, and we had a ton of success with it. Yeah. And then I went almost to like the opposite side of it where it was like, well, if you see something, just run it, you know? And so I was like, we may have never ran that play. Yeah. And he'd give me the freedom to run it at times. And was that intimidating or, or did no, you know it, it was kind of, it was empowering. Yeah. You know, like, like that's probably the best word for him. Like he, he, he just, be he believed in you. Yeah. And he always would talk about like, like, he'd be like, no, I want you to think like a head coach. Like, don't be an assistant coach. Like when you're on the court, how are you running? Run it like a head coach, have command, like a head coach. Wow. And it made me think differently. How special is that? Yeah. Like it really, like, I, I really, I started thinking differently Yeah, and not that it wasn't anything that, that we, that I shouldn't have been doing at Northridge, Yeah, but it was just kind of like, I, it, he brought awareness to it. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was, it was tremendous there. Uh, everything from, Hey, 
If you're in charge of the equipment, you're the head coach of it. You you put whatever you want on it, and let's go. So he's very different than your previous coach. Yeah. Yeah. In 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 that way. Yes. Yeah. Very empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Coach Brown, he was empowering in his own way too. Yeah. But I guess just more creative. Uh, you know, with Diedrich, probably. Yep. You were a, you were there for how long? Uh, six years. So six years. So yep. again, like not another short stint. Like these, yeah. this is like real time paying yeah. your dues. And I couldn't, I couldn't get another job. Yeah. You know, even at Northridge, I never hired, I never, uh, I never got interviewed for a junior college job, a division two job, another assistant job. I never, I never got anything. Not a, a Mountain West, Pac-12, never got interviewed for an assistant job uh, at that level. And I never really put myself out there. Yeah. Because I was I was happy working for you those two. You were happy. But, like, I'm still watching some of these other guys move up, and I'm like. Why are they getting their yeah, shot? Like, well, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, is this something I'm not doing? Yeah. You know, other than probably being too loyal to a fault sometimes. Yeah. Uh, which, if I'm going to go down, I'd rather do that. Um, but... You know, and and that's when Diedrich was like, "No, you you need to meet these search firms." And like he introduced, so he was me pushing to me to do it. He was pushing that's me all so the time, great. and like he he would call coaches that had openings f- about me, and I didn't even know about it. Like that's how special he was. Wow! Like there might be a job at just say Nebraska. He'd call Nebraska and be like, "Hey, I got a guy you should hire," and he he wouldn't even tell me about it. He you was know? just always hyping you up. Yeah, and. uh you know, you find out that stuff years later, yeah. but it, it shows how unselfish he was and like how he was, he had, he had my back, man. Like he was, he was looking out oh for me. Oh my gosh. That's the good yeah. stuff. Yep. That's special. Yeah. So what was the switch to like, Hey, I'm going to go be a head coach. It Like I always knew I wanted to be a head coach. Yeah. It was just waiting for the right opportunity. You were still at this point, you're still a young guy. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like to go yeah. get a, a head coaching yeah. job. You were how old? 35? No, 30? I was uh, 40, 40, 40, 40 yeah. when you got the first job. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's going back home, right? It's yeah. Going back it, to Montana it was going State. back home. Yeah. That's the only job I could have got. I mean, if to be honest, like nobody else was, like I said, I couldn't even get a division school to school to hire me. A JUCO, nobody interviewed me. And with the relationships I had at Montana State, being a former player there and, and, we had just come off an NCAA tournament appearance, tournament appearance at Fullerton. Yeah, so, and so you had some momentum. Yeah, and, you know, it was just timing, you know. Uh, their coach, you know, unfortunately got let go, and so it opened at the right time. And and probably at a space in your career where you were finally ready. It, well, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, any other time along yeah, the way, you, you, never probably, know. You, you probably weren't the right yep. guy for yeah, that job. exactly. And so, you know, like I say, man, everything works out for a reason. It was very fortunate. It's interesting, like hearing your story and thinking about my personal career. I worked at Fivent and it ended up being, you know, 15 years. Yeah. And it was so much longer than I, you know, I always saw myself as entrepreneurial. I yeah. always saw myself as I want to go, you know, do my own thing. And I worked under like some really strong leaders for a long time, yeah. a lot longer than I thought I would. And looking back, I'm like, I couldn't have done the things that I'm doing without that time. Like it, it just, some, some things just take yeah. time to learn those lessons and to get those skills. You know what I yep. mean? If you go premature, sometimes you get one shot to go make that no first doubt. impression. No yeah. doubt. And you better make the most of it. Yeah. And so, no, but kind of go like to your point, like I didn't, uh, like I didn't grow up with anything. Like I didn't grow up with much money. Like we were fine. But I never, like my parents, they grew up with no money. Yeah. And so like, that was never my motivation. And it's funny because I was telling Nick and, and Coach Fav on the way down here, like, and people, they they don't, nobody sees it. Five years ago, I'm an assistant at Cal State Fullerton, not making very much money. Five years ago, living in a one bedroom apartment at La Casa Brea, which was the cheapest probably apartment in all of Orange County. And like, I didn't have, but I was happy. Yeah. But literally, that was that's five years ago. It's not like, Every, hey, that it, was 20 years it, ago. Everybody sees like. And everybody just sees, today. oh, you're the head coach at Montana State. And then today. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't you didn't see the Those other dues 20 years. For 20 yeah. years, yeah. And, and it's like, I didn't even think about it until we were driving. I was like, 
man, that was only five years ago. Like it feels forever ago, yeah. but it's like, like, that's why I don't, I'm not changing, you know, like that's, you are, who it's you who are. I am. Yeah. If I could still live in a, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know? Um, but it, it does, it makes it special and it like kind of gratifying to, to know like, Hey, I, I wasn't handed anything. You are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Montana state, tell me about that experience coming home. The, the best, <clears throat> the best. Is it just natural from day one? Yes. It's just like, Hey, I'm home. Yep. And you had to have that confidence from playing so well. There. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, you, you, you had succeeded in that program before. Yep. And that, now there's pressure because like it was personal there. Like, all the fans that were there, they were they were the fans at my game too. Like, yeah, I've known them. I'm from Montana. For my long parents time. know them. Like, like there's a personal relationship, and so like, I don't know how long I would have been able to make it there because like, like I pushed myself literally every day. You just like were not every. You were not going to fail. No, there yeah. there was no way. Yeah, there there was there was zero percent chance we were going to fail. Yep, and I'm not saying that arrogantly, but like. I, I was going to make sure we were going to win a championship you just there. Do it, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't for me. Like it was it was for the fans, the community. But you guys lit it up, the right? A, yeah, the like, eighty like and the you, president. Like, the like you guys, like when when you were there, what five years? Four, four years. Over those four years, like what were the highlights of those four years? Yeah, winning the last two NCAA tournaments, or yep. the sorry, the the Big Sky Championships. Yep. Um, and playing in the NCAA tournament, you know. The, my first year got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And so there was no Big Sky tournament. Uh, the other three years, we played for the championship every game. Uh, my second year, we lost it to Eastern Washington, and then we won the last two. Um, but I just, I think bringing the excitement back. Back home. To the to the field house. Like, yeah. You know, the field house was rocking. It was packed again. Like, people were excited to come back to basketball. There's a lot games. of energy. Tons of energy. Yeah. And so, like that, I still take great amount of pride in that. It was still the hardest thing I ever had to do was leave there. Yeah. Uh, just because you love it so much. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. like, it's who I am. And, like, sitting in that locker room telling my team, like, the, that was the worst day of my life. And even after I'd taken the Utah State job, there was, like, 72 hours where I was flip-flopping. Like, like, I, should I, I couldn't I, sleep. Should I do this? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Because uh, I felt like I was being. You are letting them down. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like unloyal and it's like and that's not the but case just the short time that you know we've spent together 11 years with one coach is a long time yes mm-hmm. like six or seven years with another coach is a long time yep your players following you like what i found is like loyal people breed loyal people like yep. if you're loyal people are loyal to you because they know that you're loyal to them yep your players following you you know like it, it just feels like that matters a lot to you like to, oh, to yeah. be there for the people that were there for you. No question. It feels like that's like a core value or a core building block, you know? No, it is. And it's like, I tell guys when we recruit, like whether you play or not, like once you come here, like it's family, like it's for life. Yeah. You know? And I've had plenty of players that never played. It's one thing to be lip service. It's something else to To, say like, to do it. This is real, you know? And it like just a quick story about that is we had a player at Northridge who I'd recruited there. And his his mom passed away uh probably two years ago in St. Louis. And I found I flew there, I was at the service. Wow. I hadn't seen him for probably 10, 12 years, but it was like, no, like we had talked about this stuff. Like, I owe this to him. Yeah. You know, like he needed somebody with him on that day, you know, and I felt like that was my responsibility. Yeah. Utah State. So now, like, we kind of started there and come back there. Yeah. Like, how has this experience been? You know, because you go from, I'm the junior guy in the, like, I'm the yeah. most junior guy to, like, I'm a kind of a staple in the assistant man, you know, assistant coach role to I'm the guy at Montana State. And yep. we go build something really special to now it's like, I got to go prove myself again. And people don't know this, but every player was gone. Yeah. So you were built it from scratch. From scratch. You know, which is, it's almost like, that's how God wanted it to be. Yeah. Like, nothing's ever been easy. And it's like, no, go figure it out. Yeah. 
You know, and I left a loaded situation where we we're going to have our best team ever at Montana State. You guys were brilliant. Yeah, like, yeah. We did, it was like, yeah, crazy how much talent we had. But it was like, it was like, no, like, I got to continue to grow, you know? And was that come, the main thing? Was just, yeah. I want to go see, like, I want to go see what's in here. I want to yeah. go take it as big as I can take it. I yeah. want to go, like, this is my profession. I'm going to go. It, it was another challenge. I could be, yeah, yeah, and it's it's the Mountain West because it would have been comfortable. I could have stayed there at. forever. Yeah, yeah. I could have stayed there forever. Yeah, and yeah, and that that was the hardest part is, but I also like you said, it can't be lip service. Yeah, if I'm telling my players like you got to get out of your comfort zone, I had to get out of my comfort zone, and like I said, it was it's a lot harder when you're looking yourself but, in but, the but mirror yeah. trying to do that. <laughs> but you're saying like. It's funny that you're saying this, but you're saying like, hey, I couldn't last at Montana State because I was working too. But you're working the exact same way. <laughs> well, no, I, I am. Uh, yeah, no, I am. But it was, it was like, it was, yeah. And it, it doesn't stop, but it was almost like it was so personal. Yeah. Like every day, like I would just come home exhausted. But you don't feel it's that same way now? No, I mean, I do. Uh, it's like different because I'm more, I wouldn't say I'm more I'm not more comfortable, but I'm more like seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I kind of realized like, okay, like have some perspective here. Where when I was at Montana, there was no perspective. And you also know like when what, what works works. I think it's trust and yeah. Yeah. Trust in the system, trust in the philosophy. Like you, you've seen Good it point. work so many times. Yep. And, and it'd be so fascinating to go back to that first coach and to say, one, what did you take from him? But two, what's uniquely different? Because I think that's the magic is that creativity of saying, I'm going to go take the best from yeah. everybody I learned, but also that authenticity of I'm going to make it mine. Like the, the, yep. I just have to do it my way. Yep. No, I think it's crazy because like I'm both of the coaches that I worked for. And, uh, and, and I know it's going to sound like I have the discipline, the kind of the gritty. The, yeah of like nor not having anything. Yeah. And it was the same thing at Fullerton. We didn't have a ton of resources there either now. And then, but also having the, the awareness and the creativity while still having that discipline that we had at Fullerton. Yeah. And, you know, and, and expanding, like realizing, okay, yeah, it's basketball, but it is, it is the search firms. It is the agents. It's, yeah. it's all the other stuff that entails it too. Um, where it was almost like at Northern, you were just fighting for your own, like, like, you were almost to you, had to, you had to beat Cal State Northridge before you could actually go beat Pacific. <laughs> like you had to you had to win some internal battles. It was just hard, just within the athletic yeah. department, just to get to the court. Yeah, and so you know those two, you know, like having that that gritty, like always have a chip on your shoulder. Both those guys have it. Yeah, and you know, and I've always had it, and I've just kind of taken both of them and. But it's got to be so myself. fun, like coming from a small town, yeah, not being the blue collar, you know, to have like that chip on your shoulder. Like we're going to outwork everybody. We're going to yeah. get scrapper and everybody like we're going to, I don't know. Like I, I have that feeling through life, you know, you have I'm from a small town. I dropped out of college. Yeah. Like I never feel like I've made it. It's like, no, no, yep. you know, I got out. Even when you win the championship, I got to outwork next? everybody, you yep. know. So and even fun. when you. Like, I almost became hungrier after we won the first championship at Montana Because you tasted it. Yeah. And it was like, we have to get back here. Like, I don't care what it takes. We're getting back here. Just because you loved it so much. Yeah. And it was and, so satisfying. And it was almost kind of like, like your personal pride. You're like, well, we can't have a bad year now. Like, we've already set the we've standard. We've established the standard. Now, if I don't do this, it's going to be like, what did he not do? Yeah, I think that's, you know... That's always been when I look at coaches and I look at successful programs, it's like people it's who, fear, but yeah. people who succeed, they just succeed a lot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, these programs that win, they just always win. You know, there's yeah. this standard of excellence and there's kind of this standard of winning. Yeah. Where it's just, this is what we do. We, yeah, we, we winners win. win. Yeah. So talk to me about what's next when you when you say hey this is the vision for what I want to go do with Utah State these are the type of players that are going to you know go come build with us this is what we want to go build at this program like what's your vision of, of that program yeah i mean my vision is obviously getting the NCAA tournaments 
and winning games. You know, I think it's it's a program you can do that. The Mountain West is is such a good league. It's like that's my ultimate vision. I mean, like, it's a great league. Yeah, it's, like it's there's tremendous. NBA talent every year Everywhere. coming out of that. Yeah, coming out of that. that it's ranked ahead year. of the ACC, the Pac-12, all those this year. Wow, like, we have it's I think that six, good. Yeah, we have I think six teams in the top thirty-five of the. That's net. crazy. Yeah, no, it's because you got Colorado State, you got New Mexico, Boise, you got San New Mexico, Diego, Boise, uh, UNLV, really Nevada, Boy. like and even like like Wyoming's really good. Air Force is always a nightmare to play. Yeah, they're they're tough. Yeah, yeah. And San Jose State's, you know, they won twenty some games last two years. So like, no, it's 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 brutal. And uh, but that's like I said, that's what that's what you sign up for. Um, but my vision is, you know, from a from a player standpoint, like you have to get Utah kids. Utah kids are they're good enough to win games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They just are, and they've proven that. That's why. Utah State's been really good. Utah, BYU. They've got those kids. Yep. Utah Tech, Weber, like all, Southern Utah. They all have really good Utah kids. And the best teams usually have that core of Utah kids that yeah. have that pride in the state. Yep. And they let, and it permeates through your entire team. And so we have to continue to get really good high school kids from Utah, you know, or transfers, you know, that, that are kids from Utah. Yeah. And then you got to, you got to patch it up around them, you know, and like I said, there's no, there's no way to say how we're going to do it nowadays with the transfer portal. Yeah. You don't even know who's going to be in the portal until it March. happens. Yeah. And then it's a three week, like I said, speed dating. And you got to, you got to get in quick and you got to be able to get them on campus and try to get them signed. So this NIL world is so fascinating to me. I've got one of my good buddies that literally was caught up in like this investigation with the NCAA for years. Yeah over Nick Emery and like buying him like a lunch at like the country. Like it was so ridiculous. And it's now like, it's yeah. just like the rules are completely out the window. And so there are no rules. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's like you're creating them as you go. Logan and cash Valley specifically, there's some very wealthy people mm-hmm. and there's people that love Utah state. How does somebody help? Like if I, if I love Utah state yep, and I'm not as close to it and don't know how the game has changed, talk to me like, you know, how is this game evolving and this NCAA world evolving? And if I wanted to help, how could I help the most? You know, talk to me about how that works. Yeah. We, we have a collective that, that, uh, that Eric Lobb and, and coach Gary Anderson, uh, started yep. in, uh, September probably so we like we're behind but like they've done an unbelievable job like they took control of it and they're true Aggies and so like that's what I love about it is they they don't ask for a dime like they're just doing this out of goodwill and trying to help us okay um but it's called the Blue A Collective and you know you can go to you know, you can Google the Blue A Collective or there's always stuff around campus uh, at the athletics yep. where we can get you information. They can email me, my staff directly, and we can put them in touch with who they need to be in touch with. But but it's a unique animal, right? Because you can't like fully get involved with it. It's yeah. like it's this unique thing where it's got to be between the players. and It's the, a separate entity than, yeah, the, than it's the university it's a separate entity. But if somebody just said, hey, you know, I love Utah State and I want to, you know, help the the program have the resources to one retain yeah their best players and then two bring in the talent that we need to go grow is that connecting with Gary and connecting with Eric with and, Eric Lobb yes connecting yep. with yep exactly and like I said if they Google the Blue A Collective they'll have the numbers on there where they can reach those two yeah uh, because if we want to keep competing for Mountain West championships we we have to up the ante it just has to happen yeah we're 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 at the bottom of the Mountain West uh, when you, when you're talking about collectives yeah. And we're losing, recruits. which is kind of embarrassing. Like me, me being yeah. from Logan, uh, I'm well, especially in, as important as it is. No, I, I like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, we can do better. You yeah, know what no, I mean? We can. And, and I'm not a Utah. And we will. I'm not a Utah State guy. Like yeah. I, I grew up there, you know. But I moved down to Utah County, you know, right after my mission. Have been down there since. But the pride of that value oh, yeah. for that program. Like people love that. Awesome. My, my, my dad. It's awesome. You know, he loves that program. 
there's not many fan bases in the entire country like yeah. ours. The student section, like the care factor yeah. was one of the reasons I took the job. Yeah. Like the care factor and the spectrum, it is. But now, like you said, it's a it's a totally different landscape in college to basketball. It, and like, they're used to success. And for us to sustain but, that but success. But I also think it's so fun for fans because like you can actually help. You, you know what I mean? Winning. Like like in the, in the past, it's like, like you get in trouble yeah. for helping now it's the opposite. Now it's saying like, hey, you can actually like help the program. You you can step in and you can influence the outcome. And I think for anybody who really cares, that's like an exciting time. No question. And it, and it'll be fun to see kind of who takes the lead on that and yeah. who says like, hey, what are what are the other best programs in the country doing? Yeah. What are those best practice? Who are those early adopters that have figured this thing out, that have figured out the game's changed and no are doubt. getting in front of it? And how could we do that? You know, and I think that's the one where, you know, I know the people that are kind of thinking about it and we're yeah. no Gary, you know, no Eric, um, Nick and coach Fav and those guys, it's going to be fun to see, you know, who steps up and who actually like, yeah, yeah. What it turns into, because it will, you know, make something where, yeah, it'll, it'll steamroll. Like once, once people start doing that it, momentum. Like, it, it, like I said, it directly affects winning. Yeah. For the first time ever, you can directly affect winning. Yeah. You know, because you get the best players. Yeah. You know, and now you have to pay for them. You just do. And uh, like you said, it's, I'm expecting, you know, Aggie Nation to like, to really step to rise up, up. Because, because yep. how important it is and the care factor and like, they want to win as much as anybody. Yep. And I think the way they've supported our team this year and they see the way our guys act in the community. Yeah. And even if they're not getting, like our guys are going to be in the community regardless. I mean, everybody's so proud of yeah. that team right now. I'm I'm not a Utah yeah. State guy, and I'm proud of that team. You know? Yeah, thank you. And I look, I am proud of you. You know, yeah. anytime you have like people that come in and embrace that culture yep. and and care, and all all of us want to be a part of something that's great. Yeah. And you guys are building something that's really great. Yeah. That, that's making everybody proud. And so you know, anyway, I just want to give you props on that. Thank you. Before we finish up, this is this is one that always intrigues me. Um, and you're in a, you know, Utah is like, a, you know, pre- predominant faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about God. Talk to me a, bit, a little bit about faith in your life and how faith has impacted your journey. Yeah. And, and how you like, how that fits in the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, I have a huge picture at my house of a, it's like a, a bighorn sheep like jumping from cliff to cliff yeah and at the bottom it's just words faith and i've had it since college my mom got it for me but you know i grew up you know in a in a catholic church you know and i i split between catholic church and christian churches yeah uh now it's hard to it sounds bad i have time but like i i do a lot just at my house just yeah yeah, you know watching stuff online um but it's that's that's always been the backbone of everything i've done you know it was the backbone of making the decision to go from Montana state to here, you know, like having faith in myself, having faith that, Hey, my trust is in you. Let's go. You know? And, uh, you know, I, I do, I feel bad for people that don't have that background, uh, who don't have kind of that higher power to, to lean on in those tough times. And, uh, but it's, I mean, it's the, all of, you know, what I've done and, and, you know, what I'm going to continue to do. I, I love, you know, hearing people's stories on mm-hmm. the, on those decisions, like yeah. those like key decision points. Oh, cause I'm telling and, you, I was on my that, knees. And how that factors, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like you, you're on your knees just to say thank you. Yeah. But there's other times where you're on your knees for some help. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? <laughs> I need help way more than I'm saying thanks. I know that. Cause it's, like I said, when I made that decision, I mean, I'm glad they didn't have surveillance cameras in my house. Like, literally, I mean, I I would just be on my knees, like, you just tore up, bawling, like, literally just slamming the floor. Like, I didn't know what to do. Just because you love the... And I was just waiting for an answer, you know, like, Yo. what to do. Well, brother, I, I've loved this combo. We're, we're so proud of what you've created in such a short time. You know that everybody's cheering for you and everybody's, you know excited about you and and we're excited to help wherever we can help and so anyway just just know you know we're we're all 
super lucky to have you as the coach. No, you know, I, I appreciate it, anytime you. Anytime there's a coaching change, yep. programs either get better or get worse. Yep. And it's fun to see that program as good as we've ever seen it. Thank you. And it's a big compliment to you and your staff and all the players who, you know, signed up and, and you know, anyway, so thank, thanks for one, being excellent. Appreciate and two, loving that university and bringing yep. that standard that, you know, all of us can get behind and yeah. cheer for. So, no, well, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was an honor. And uh, it's always great to get down here. Thank you. Sounds good, coach. We'll you see bet. You. Thank you. 